0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident.
2: Merry Christmas! Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Well, the Christmas cards came early as 10 men Wrexham secured an important win last time out. And while hopes of a Christmas number one might be out of the question, let's hope it's a case of rocking Robin around the Christmas tree rather than the fairy tale of Newport this weekend. I'm Rich Faye, I'm joined by a very festive Nathan Salt myself. He
3: has got... Are we calling it Christmas fever or are you just ill? We can call it I don't know, Christmas fever. I'm just ill, I think. I think
2: uh, in our, in our I mean, my throat week, my, my
3: throat is sore, but uh I'm I don't know if I'm sick of your puns or actually sick of an actual illness. You I'm would, not sure. You
2: wouldn't be the only one. We've had less no, correspondence um, on that.
3: But no, I'm 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 alright. I'm sad. I was thinking, who's got the kind of graveliest voice in the Rexman squad and can I compete with them this week? So I'm still here, still kind of fighting through to, to speak on the podcast, so all fine, Rich. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, Not too bad, not too bad. Feeling quite festive now, and ugh, do I dare boast that I've got a Shrewsbury away ticket yet, or is that going to upset many of our listeners? I wasn't at Mansfield, let's put it that way.
3: I feel like that's going to upset people. That will upset people. Let's keep that in, in the pocket for now.
2: So, Nafe, Colchester, at the weekend, it was one of those games where there was an expectation... Wrexham to win, a 2-1 victory, maybe not anything to necessarily write home about, but given the circumstance, the bulk of the game played with 10 men, gorgeous George fancied Christmas off, red card for him. Yeah, it's a, a gritty win, but the type of win that we used to say that former Wrexham teams just didn't usually get under their belts. We have got a good knack if you look at the games where we've been reduced to ten men this season, off the top of my head, what, Crawley away we held on, Crew we obviously came back to snatch a last minute equaliser in that one. These are dare we say it, those sort of promotion credentials, that material that you need. A team who even when we are reduced to ten men find a way to grind out these results.
3: Yeah, they're they're important points, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, and dare I say, you couldn't have argued with any of the red cards. And I'm going to get onto in a sec the kind of discipline problem i think we've got this season um which is rearing its ugly head a little bit look it's a good it's a good win it's a good win against colchester i know they got that that goal at the end to kind of spice the the finish up the finale but i always say and i said this a few months ago on the podcast about slow starts and all that sort of thing you should never accept something in a win that you wouldn't have accepted in a defeat rich so Anything that wasn't going right and you get away with it, it's good, but often it can come back to bite you down the line. And very, very strange challenge that from George Evans. Now you can chalk it up to a bad day if you want, but we've had some really rash challenges go in on uh, on opposition players. I don't know what it is, whether it's just lapse of concentration or, or or what, but you know that's three games now. Newport big derby game, Swindon. Massive game here, you know, 5-5 five, five, five last time we played them. And then waltz all away. Yeah, we can sort of have a laugh and a joke that um, George is wrapping his presents or he wanted Christmas off, but... yeah, yeah to, it's re- to Broughton Shopping Park, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah it's you're, it's you're, difficult, isn't it? You're but... an important player, though. You know, you're an important player in that midfield and you've got experience and you should, you should be smarter than that on a yellow card, in my opinion.
2: I agree with you on that one, particularly the fact that... I've spoken to lots of managers who said Look, we learn more and we're actually more critical after wins often because, like you said, just because you've won a match, you can often gloss over shortcomings, and if you don't address them in the long term, they will they will prove costly. I thought even in general, I mean, James McLean, you know, he he he, I don't think he would have got sent off, but there was a couple of, you know, he was on a yellow, he had a few instances where he could have got another yellow as well and been sent off. Uh, you, you think about. The actual challenge from George Evans as well. The first one, when I was watching this, this, you know, I was watching the highlights back of it. They were saying, "Look, he could have been sent off for that." I, I think it was one of those sort of. It was a strong yellow, wasn't it? I don't think that would have been a red. But had to do that immediately after from someone who's so experienced and has looked flawless while we've been watching him, you know, it was just really it seemed out of character. But like you said, this discipline issue is worrying me a little bit because it it does tally up. And we've had a lot of difficulty this season with player availability. Most of that's been down to injury, but you can't then legislate for players getting sent off as well on top of that. And you've got, have you got the list here of every red card we've had this season and where we rank amongst the other teams in the division for discipline?
3: I mean, no, <clears throat> there we go. Good start, isn't it? No team in League Two has had more straight red cards than we have. So we've had three. You remember Andy Cannon at Crawley, uh, Ryan Barnett against Crewe, George Evans against Colchester. So, had no complaints C. on
2: any of those, would you say, no. maybe? I mean, like we said, the Cannon one against Crawley was a little mistimed, but it was high and he'd just come on into the game. Barnett one against Crewe was late. You can blame the surface a little bit, but I don't think there's any excuse. And then George Evans one was just stupidity from for my point of view. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't. don't think there's any... I don't think it's one of those sort of records where you can say, well, look, in isolation, they were all three dodgy reds. I think they were all valid decisions, and it does maybe point at a, an overarching theme here.
3: But if if you look at the fair play table more generally, Rich, for 2023-24, you get five points for a straight red card, three points if it's two yellows and a red, and a one point for a yellow now, Wrexham are 7th overall, 43 yellow cards, 3 straight red cards. We haven't had any of the two yellows into a red yet. Um, that puts yeah. us 7th yet. That puts us 7th on 58 fair play points. That's kind of weird because the more points you have, the worse you are. 58 fair play points. We are behind 6th Crawley, 5th uh, Notts County, 4th tranmere They're all on 60 points, so they're all 2 yellow card points ahead of us. Top three are Forest Green Rovers, who are on 61 points. That's three more points out of Wrexham. And then top two, Colchester, who just played 63 points. They've got 49 yellows, three yellows into reds, and one straight red. And worst of all, the dirtiest team in League Two, Rich, is Accrington Stanley. 52 yellow cards, three red cards, or two reds, and one yellow into a red. 65. Fair play points. So, Wrexham seventh, Accrington Stanley are the worst. Some good,
2: uh, good finds going into that sort of Christmas kitty then for Accrington Stanley. What a party they will have had. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I guess are we? Do you think we're being pedantic a bit? Do you think we're concentrating too much on this disciplinary issue? Or I think some fans listening will be saying, "Look, we've had three red cards. It's not the end of the world." You know, considering how many how many games we've played, but. I think what like I said, I think what disappointed me the most at the weekend was just George Evans. It it was just it just seems stupidity and a needless challenge to be making when you're already on a yellow card. You're just asking for 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 punishment really. And it's gonna be interesting to see how we sort of fill that gap going forward as well now, because obviously Tom oconnor has been playing in defense. I mean, Luke Young. I, I did see hilarious it was like your burner account this wasn't it someone on on twitter slash x someone replied saying like luke evans would never oh no sorry luke young would never get sent off luke young would never get sent off that's why he should be playing ahead of george evans and i was like i wish that was yeah, my
3: burner but it's not unfortunately yeah. i wish it was i wish i could take ownership of that um what i would say quickly before we kind of get onto what next and there's a great piece in the athletic actually about how andy cannon has really redefined the role he can play in, in the midfield but you're saying some people might come back and say, oh, "Come on, it's three reds, in it's three straight reds in 21 games. Straight red every seven games." Which, when you boil it down to that, you'd say that that's quite high in volume, rich. You know, we we watch a lot of football matches. You don't see straight reds for violent conduct, and yeah, I think of all of them, the Andy Cannon one is the one where people say, oh, that was a bit harsh. He'd not long been on," and but the other, I, I genuinely don't think you can have complaints with any of them, and I do think. They add; it's more so that they just add up. You know what I mean? It's it's key players missing at key times. You know, Barnett, we really could have done with at that point when he went out. George Evans is probably the worst one of all because there's no real like-for-like like replacement. So now you're going to lose him, and now we'll see what happens with the midfield. You know, you're going to come up against a Newport side that can move it around, a Swindon team that's going to have Dan Kemp and is going to have players like that that will buzz around. Heck, they scored five against us last time, and we scored five against them, obviously. Um, yeah, dis I I think is it have we got a discipline problem? Maybe slightly overblown, but I mean, there's no denying that. Rex have had the most straight red cards in the league through 21 games, and you know that is not a top spot that we want.
2: No, to go all Rafa Benitez, they are facts. They are facts. You can't argue with those facts at all, can you? Um, we mentioned there then. How do you actually replace him? Because we've been saying basically on every podcast for the last month or two that George Evans is a unique talent, someone who we've been missing, almost that like missing piece of the jigsaw. Well, the jigsaw has been tipped over now and it's it's in pieces again. How do we piece it back together? What is the safest solution for you over this festive period? Because obviously the games come quick. quick. You maybe can't stick with the same midfield in every single match just because of, you know, how quickly those games come. You think we play Saturday, we then play Tuesday. What do you do for a short-term fix then in the midfield is it go get
3: Luke Young? Is that what you're saying? Uh, for Newport, probably not. I would say for Newport. I think we're I mean, going to have a lot of the last time we played ball. Newport,
2: Luke Young was given a straight red card, I seem to
3: remember. <laughs> that is we're it. We lost FA 4-0. Cup. We lost 4-0 in yeah, the FA Cup. we
2: draw Cup. 0-0 at the race course. We should have won that game. I think Mickey Dimitri cleared off the line. It was a game Sam Ricketts been banned from. That and was it. Then it was the winner plays Leicester City at home. It was Claude Powell was it, Leicester was it City.
3: Stuart, was it Stuart Bevan who chipped the keeper? I've got this weird vision yeah. of Stuart Bevan chipping the keeper and then, yeah, they cleared it if off If only line.
2: Bevanology was here. Where are you, Bevanology? Bevanology. That's a throwback <laughs> for certain Wrexham fans who use social media. Um, but, yeah, we get we digress. But, yeah, Luke Young was sent off the last time Wrexham played yes. in Newport, so maybe so, he isn't the, the solution. No,
3: I, I, I mean, that was, what, 2018? I think we'll forgive him for that. But I... I won't. I, uh, you are a hater. I am probably going to, I don't know, because I Cannon's always looked better in the more kind of right role uh, of the three. But part of me thinks go with Jones, Cannon, and Lee, but have L- Cannon as the more deep line player, which I know is not Matt's to his strengths, but I do think he's going to have a lot of time on the ball. He'll be able to spray passes around. And place the onus on, you know, Lee scored again at the weekend off that toes a long throw. It kind of ricocheted. Was that twelve in the league now for him? Um, you know, he's he's well on course to hit twenty, which would be a phenomenal return. He's breezing his way towards Player of the Season honours. That's hardly the hottest take around. Um, I w- I would say Cannon is probably the one, but just because he's the most in form. Luke Young will obviously be back in the squad as the next next man up well. now. Well, of course,
2: when we, I mean, you talk about maybe our best win of the season, it maybe we didn't look at as much at the moment, but Notts County away. And we started with a midfield of Cannon, Jones and Lee then, didn't we? And we had quite a nice balance in that match. Obviously, Evans and O'Connor were playing centre-back due to the injury that we got uh, pre kickoff So you, you won't maybe have the, the stronger defensive line there. But I, yeah, I think Cannon, Jones and Lee, particularly at home, does give you enough. We, we've said in the past that maybe Jones is better suited to games where there's less... Expectation for him to do stuff with the ball to, to penetrate the lines of his passing, he can maybe do the dirty work better. But I still think that, in terms of short term fix, and that, that probably would get my nod as well. Um, and then you know, fingers crossed that they'd all be available then to play on the Tuesday as well. But it is a I would, quick turnover I, because typically, I would pr- yeah, I would probably look at typically a, you play mm-hmm. Tuesday night, don't you? But this is two three o'clockers, so yeah,
3: I, I would probably be looking at Young just for a little bit more solidity on the Tuesday, maybe. Just because I think maybe you will get slightly less of the ball there and it will be about you're gonna well, need I that, think Yeah
2: Yeah. Well maybe from my own point of view now, maybe I'd swap them then. Because I think Young is would be better against Newport actually. Because right. you know, we don't really need that scrappy do. You know, you can you can afford him. To You can let him have the ball and do what he wants to do, Luke Young, against Newport. You can let him make those runs forward. You don't have to rely on him to tackle so much. And then I think, off the ball work, I'd rather have James Jones against Swindon.
3: I can, like, I can see the merits on on Jones off the ball. I just think you you need a disruptor type along the lines of, you know, to stop someone like a Dan Kemp and to match up against a side who can't... Maybe that, that can be Jones. Jones, with his energy, can... Disrupt, but i I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against Young just kind of almost man marking Dan Kemp out of the game in that number ten role if he's playing the deeper, um, role. We'll see, but I think he'll have to change it. Um, and I hope as well. I hope Ford's back this weekend. I know he's on the bench against Colchester. I'd like to see him start against Newport. I think that'll be a boost for 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 everyone just to get another. Right wing back, back. And then obviously Ryan Barnett is back in training. So he's probably targeting, I don't know, maybe the Walsall game or maybe the Barrow game coming up.
2: I mean, obviously the most natural solution would be to put Tom O'Connor into centre-defensive midfield. But I think you may have spoken privately about this quite a lot. And we both see him being a left centre-back now. I, I don't think that was the plan initially, but obviously Will Boyle came off the bench, was all right against Colchester. He's just not... Reached expectations so far, so far will Boyle. But you could say, look, just play Toza, O'Connell, and Boyle and put Tom O'Connor into midfield. I think lots of fans would still like that as a temporary solution. But yeah, yeah. I guess it's the question what you do with Tom O'Connor because he was signed as a centre defensive midfielder. But you know, particularly when George Evans is playing, he can't play there himself, he can't have both of them. So that's maybe part of the reason he's been repurposed. But I guess he is the most natural replacement.
3: Yeah, I would. Say, yeah, well, I mean, he, he is the most natural replacement, but I think if, if you're going to remould him into a left centre-back, you've got to sort of see it through and commit and, and let him make that position his own. Chopping and changing, I always think with players, and right up across the pyramid, I always think these players that are super, super versatile, Rich, always sort of fall by the wayside because they're too versatile. They can never seem to lock down a position. Now, Tom O'Connor's doing well to lock down that left centre-back position Owen O'Connell's back now. I know he played on the right, didn't he, at the weekend? But O'Connor's pretty much been the solid ball playing option on that left side. Him and McLean have had a decent working partnership. Him and Mendy as well. I think you've got other midfield options there that that deserve minutes. And I don't necessarily think you need to shoehorn Tom O'Connor out of the position he's been understanding and improving in, just for the sake of two or three games.
2: No, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what what the solution is then we'll probably put a native on social media as well so you let us know who you would like to see come in for George Evans essentially and how you'd repurpose the team around that one then. <laughs> So, Nath, away from the football pitch this week, the news has been confirmed that Sean Harvey has officially joined the board as a director. Wrexham um, confirmed this news in midweek. Obviously, Sean Harvey has been you know, former chief executive of the AFL, CEO of Leeds United and managing director of Bradford City. He was only meant to join Wrexham initially for a few weeks. He's now been here for a few years. It's an elevated role Remains to be seen if this is just a changing of title and being made official, whether anything day-to-day will actually change, you know, in in terms of their daily running of the club. Can see both sides of the argument here. Obviously, being involved with Disney FC, being part of the documentary has allowed a lot of fans to, to see a more personable side to Sean Harvey. Maybe a side that some people haven't seen before. Lots of people, though, will still associate him with what happened before Wrexham, that spell at the EFL, the controversy around that, his times at other clubs where it hasn't ended well. Um, So it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, we've had him on the podcast before and, you know, I'll hold my hands up. You know, I got on quite well with Sean when we we spoke. It's the first time I'd ever properly spoken to him. We spoke on and off the record. He was very open and honest with me when we had that conversation but I do fully understand fans concerns and there's always going to be that concern, uh, particularly for Rexham, because we've been so close to the brink in the past and having association with, with Sean was always going to run that risk. It was controversial at the time of his empo- appointment. I think that it, there are still a large section of the supporters who feel that he's almost repainted his image by being on a documentary and being a personable per- person some people say, "Look, he's done a good job for Wrexham. If he's on your side and working in your best interest, he's a great person to to have on board." So, it is a really difficult one. Just wanted to know what you personally made of the circumstance around this one. Do you think it is just a title change? I mean, he's been here for two years already, and we've seen, you know there there has been a lot of a lot of growth for Wrexham as a club, and he has been a key part of of that. I mean, Robin Ryan will say. He is, him and Humphrey are the boots on the ground, but Sean is the guy they go to for all these footballing, footballing advice.
3: Yeah, there's no getting away from the fact that Rob and Ryan absolutely love him. And, you know, the documentary has been very powerful for his image. You can't, you can't get away from that. People are still going to be cynical. Um, I think rightly cynical you should be, should hold all ownership figures to account of which he he now no longer is this freelancer. You know, I, I I still think that it would just be easier for everyone if they just announced him as CEO. Clearly, he has so much influence over the run of the club and and actually give Fleur the title that she probably deserves, which is more on the commercial side of things. But that's by the by. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised to see it. I think they, you know, want to... He's, he's helping... Robin and I deliver this cop eventually, whenever that is. We're still waiting on the temp stand. As we're recording this now, we're still waiting on news of this temp stand uh, for the Newport game. Um, but as for the actual appointment, I, I think it's healthy to be, to be sceptical of ownership figures. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to have the knives super sharp, but you, know, you have to be wary. Like you say, Rich, we've nearly been burned in the past, and while things look amazing now, you've always got to have one eye looking over the shoulder. So, you know, if Sean Harvey's with us for 10, 20 years and it goes swimmingly and it's, you know, amazing, then what a turnaround for him after um, issues in in the past. And I saw Kieran Maguire put out that tweet saying that, you know, he'd only been able to become a director through a loophole that I think, was it a loophole that he'd himself enacted or something like that? It was something. Enormous. I believe that
2: was the term. Basically, anyone who wants to pass the owner and director test, which bans anyone from being a director of a club that went into administration twice. The rule state start date is June two thousand and four. Leeds went into administration in March two thousand and four and May two thousand and seven. So, what is March? Due? It's like two, three months. Right. 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 But that he gets around that rule himself to be able to have this position. And like you said, I think that there's reason, you know, for Wrexham fans, I've seen this on social media saying, look, it's always ended badly in, in previous places where he's been associated. And that is going to be the concern for Wrexham fans. The other concern is that we've grown so much as a club, which, you know, fair play to Sean, he's played a huge, huge, mm, huge role in that. Massive. But the concern is, and it's Rexham concern because I'm very much of the. I'm still just enjoying the ride, the roller coaster. Whatever happens, happens brilliant. I'm just enjoying watching Wrexham at a packed race course, seeing as a global name, it's surreal. But then what does happen when Wrexham, say Robin Ryan, pull the plug? And if it happened, you know, quick as a flash, because our overheads would still be massive, we'd still be making these, we'd be making a loss on the cop stand, the temporary cop stand, we'd be making a loss on lots of things. The documentary shows you how expensive it is to run a football club. And, you know, if this ownership, for some reason, I'm not saying it is going to, but if it did quickly or abruptly come to an unforeseen end, then Brexton would be left with a hell of a lot of shortfall to to overcome. And where would that money come from? And you do just wonder about the sustainability, maybe, of the football club in the long term.
3: Well, my thinking is more along the lines of, it'll be really interesting to see the key ownership figures when we're on a level playing field financially, pretty much. Because in the National League, we've obviously, we were able to spend far superior to most of the other teams in the division, if not all. League 2, similar. You know, there are Stockport and Gillingham and Carlisle in the league above have just gone and got Luke Armstrong. Haven't they? So there are teams that are also spending money. But when you get to maybe top end of League 1, whenever that is, or bottom end of the championship, I was at Ipswich vs Norwich... At the weekend, and was watching Jonathan Rowe score twice. And you've got Norwich fans saying that they want 35, 40, 45 million for him. A different stratosphere to to where Rexham are, but yet next season that could be one division. I'm not saying they're going to get that for him, but you, you get my point is suddenly when the figures aren't massively different between teams, and suddenly you're not well, going to have got that got massive a huge advantage,
2: advantage, haven't we, over most League Two teams? Whereas, like you said, once even we get to League One, we won't be that money-rich Wrexham. We'll just be another team with a good size of cash. Particularly if we went to the Championship, we'd actually be the poorest team or one of the poorest teams in the league. So, yeah, we've got this advantage at the moment which we've been making the most of, we've been doing really well with. And, you know, like I said, Sean's been a huge part of getting us to where we've been right now. I've said this before that, look, he's someone that you want fat in your corner in a footballing sort of industry like that. And And to to do what he did, you know, pushing the streaming through for Wrexham, you know, that was sort of masqueraded as a benefit for the rest of the National League but ultimately it was for Wrexham's benefit to make the most of what we were doing as a, as a football club and look, like, like I said, I personally right now don't have much issue with it but it's the fact that there's obvious concern and that's why a lot of older maybe Wrexham fans who have been there through Thick and Thin are always going to be very concerned. And in a similar way that we've been concerned about this racecourse lease, look, we've wanted that insurance policy and Wrexham fans would much rather have a secure club playing non-league football than to have a club at risk playing in the football league. That is just the ultimate thing. This is the club we fought to save, we will continue to support and give our backing to. And you know, this is part of the change that we voted for, you know, Turkey's voting for Christmas and all that you've got to accept that big decisions are out of your hands now, this isn't the WST this isn't something that's run past fans all the time, it's what we've wished for, let's hope it's not be careful what you wish for, things are going well now I understand the concern and just not wanting to You've got to remain skeptical. We can't just get we can't just be too wishy-washy and say everything the club does, does is great, because that is just simply not the case. So it's one of those for right now, you know, we will continue to hold the club accountable. We'd love to get your opinions on this as well. Rob Ryan Red on all the social medias, RobRyanred at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of just the way the club's being ran. Do you have any concerns like ourselves? Um obviously myself and Nathan talking as supporters who've been going. 20, nearly 30 years to, to watch Wrexham, so maybe if you're a newer part of the adventure, maybe you've been here longer than us, let us know of your Wrexham history and what you make of the decisions with the club
3: Which next up then? Newport. Now I was reading a piece on BBC this morning, uh, which is a really good piece actually. But it was oh, I say really good. It was devastating reading about Andy Morell talking about the ignominy of the 2013 failed promotion at the hands of Christian Jolly, Aaron O'Connor. Was it in Newport? Um, it's Have been you a while. the highlights back? No, Andy Murrell said he hasn't either. I haven't watched that. What am I going to get out of it? That's just... I can just put on a horror movie if I want, and I'll at least not know the ending, Rich. I
2: watched them the day we played Boar and Wood at home to exercise my demons. Right. So, it, so you just wanted to, to go full circle. Pretty much. Got you. I was like, go on, I need the pain. Let me live it now. I can face it. I can see it.
3: Glutton for punishment, basically. But anyway, uh, we're playing Newport this weekend. And interesting, you're talking about supporters trust, they are in the process of moving away from their supporters trust model as well. So they've kind of reached a point where they've gone, you know what, we've taken this as far as it can go, which I think we were in a similar position with. I mean, they don't have Tom Hanks or Meryl Streep or anyone like that coming in, but they do have uh, former Swansea chairman Hugh Jenkins. So he's going to be coming in, but I'm sure... Um they won't need any sort of off pitch motivation or any extra added spice to get up for this one. Newport are gonna relish being the underdog and for us it's a big game for the for the fans and all that, but it is another game and it is a it's a winnable game at home. I know Stockport got burned away at Newport, but it's at home. We should dominate the ball. We should we should win, basically.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that is the the privileged position that we're in right now. There's there is this expectation to win, and hopefully we can follow that up this weekend by actually actually doing so. It's a difficult fixture to talk about because there is always the temptation to you know label label it the derby, and obviously the Newport manager said, "Look, they're three hours at the road. This isn't a derby." <laughs> but we've always had those clashes with other Welsh football clubs, haven't we? And I think what will hurt so many generations of Wrexham fans is that look, we used to be the biggest football club in Wales. And we'd even fallen back Newport. And, you know, I don't want to be too disrespectful to them, but we always sort of looked down, not looked down on them, but we were always ahead of them, really, in the football food chain. And it's having to to live with that fact that, look, they did get promoted and they never came back down. They often flirted with relegation. They had incredible cup runs. Did they beat They beat Leicester, didn't they? They beat Club Wells Leicester. Did they have a good game with Tottenham? I seem to remember. They ended up playing game. Man
3: City, I think, in that run where yeah. I think they hosted Man City at Rodney Parade. But it was the lost. fact that
2: Newport for a while be- became this glamorous, not not glamorous, but they became the story in Wales where, oh, look at Plucky New- Newport, they were doing well, they were getting big cup ties, and it was always, that should be us. And then we had that cup tie with them ourselves where we should have beaten them and we didn't. And in the second game, they just beat us 4-0. It's like, wow, these are, the, these are the differences now. And then there's always the what if. If Wrexham had won under that Wembley arch, maybe it would be them who had Hollywood owners now, and we were the League 2 team treading water, not really doing too much. So it's just part of our history, part of what's happened, but I am buzzing. And to go Kevin Keegan, I would love it. I would love it if we beat them. And I hope that purple jumper guy is in the away end to see it himself, because that's another throwback for Wreckton fans of a of a certain ilk. I just want us to beat them. I would love, I would love it if we beat them. It, it's not a derby, but it's one that matters a lot to and fans because this is our chance to finally get an element of revenge. Because that playoff defeat hurts. It still hurts now, even with what's happened. It hurts so much, but it's just part of our story.
3: What I would say is everyone's going to be very amped up for that game, and we spoke earlier about discipline and, you know, cool heads prevailing. And I think we. Need the players need to make sure that right the atmosphere it's going to be fee f- you know fever pitch around the ground that that doesn't get them a little bit you know overexcited because the last thing you want I, t- tackles will be flying is in a Paul no Mullen
2: or a Luke Young two footing someone yeah, after yeah five is minutes, is, yeah. is
3: is any you know is anyone though is is a you know especially the fullbacks as well the wingbacks they'll be so close to the crowd it's easy to get whipped up into a frenzy you end up sliding in a bit rash we are the better team right now we've gone past. Newport and they know it as well uh, I think the BBC even said that it's two clubs in different directions right now you just got to prove that you've just got to show your quality and look Newport have got players Will Evans has got 12 goals and we're waxing lyrical about Elliot Lee Will Evans has got 12 goals in uh, League 2 and is you know having an unbelievable season so I thought I would speak to South Wales Argus reporter Chris Kirwan about Newport how they've got on who we should look out for, what's the situation there off the pitch, and he gives me all that and more.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: Right, as we always do then, opposition time, opposition viewpoint. Um, sort out another journalist in the industry who knows far more about Newport County than I ever will, and, uh, or Rich ever will, and that is Chris. Chris, thanks for coming on. Firstly, the very open-ended question, how's it been going for Newport this season?
0: Um, I'm I'm quite encouraged by how it's gone because they went into this season survival being the main target. Currently don't have the money of many clubs, well, most clubs in the, the league. They've had well-documented um, money problems and the takeover is currently coming towards the end. Hugh Jenkins, the Swansea, former Swansea chairman. So survival was priority number one and they're looking pretty good for that.
3: Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the, the squad and, you know, the the standout name, Will Evans. I mean, 12 goals in League Two this season. That's the same amount as Elliot Lee, who we rant and rave about. And I'm sure Newport fans are ranting and raving about Will Evans. Has he been as surprising as maybe Newport's start to the season?
0: Oh, definitely. Um, I, I don't think anyone saw this coming from last season when he, he had a very good first season as a professional. Um, But that was all based on just being a proper grafter, which, you know, has... Has plenty. There's plenty of merit in that, but um, no, he's he's he started this the first first month well, and it sort of just kept going. So no, he's he he is a danger man. Um, he's probably not as uh, got the same qualities as Omar Bogle up top, but he's the one scoring the goals. So
3: so he he didn't start the day against uh grimsby, so- are we expecting will Evans to come back into the fold this week yeah then?
0: He, it was just he just wasn't fit enough after having a slight ankle problem at, at Tranmere um when he he came off and then county sort of fell apart in the second half um but no, he 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 should be good to good to go I'm really intrigued by some
3: of these other young players, so Palmer Holden I think looks a real gem of a player that that's in that because maybe you can kind of. Educate the listeners a bit. What kind of system are Newport using? It looks like they're going with a back three similar to ourselves.
0: Yeah, well, Cochrane, Graham Cochrane arrived last season, and it was very much three-five-two all all the way through. Then, start this season, they they started with this that system, but then had injury problems. He just didn't have enough centre backs, so he went with a flat four for a fair while. But they've sort of got players back, and then he's gone with um, yeah the back three, and then he had a. He's sort of had a problem of having three really good forwards. How do you fit them all in? He just chucked them all in and it, it seemed to work because Palmer Holden and, and Will Evans, just they, they really do work hard. They've they they just they've got incredible engines and they, they press hard. And Omar Bogle is the sort of the talisman who's sort of got the real quality touches, I'd say. And yeah, he was last season's top scorer. So they've all played together. Whether they will at Wrexham, I don't know because it's sort of... It, does he he will have a decision to make of whether he leaves one of them on the bench to just add a bit of energy late on with a, a bit another midfielder to add a bit of a security. So we'll we'll see.
3: Yeah, well look, Rex, we're gonna be without George Evans, straight red card uh, at the weekend, been you know, our key midfielder. I mean if we're looking at that midfield battle, Bryn Morris and um is it Scott Bennett or I is, that wrong? Yeah,
0: no, that's 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 the right. they've, they've been there and then Aaron Wildig and Harry Charlesley have been injured of late, but um, yeah, Aaron Wildig started last weekend instead of Will Evans. Um, so it'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, at the start, start of the season, you probably would have thought it'd be the 3-5-2 three, uh, three, rather than the three. God, I'm just talking shape, so this is boring, sorry. Sir. <laughs> than, yeah, two two midfielders and three up top. So no, we'll, we'll see. What's
3: the mood like around Newport for this game? Because obviously we've been apart for a long while. Newport stuck the dagger in, beaten us to promotion many, many moons ago. Still got those flashbacks of Christian Jolly and Aaron O'Connor and all that sort of um, nightmare. You know, grown men crying down Wembley Way, unfortunately. And then we've played each other in the FA Cup since then. We had that 0-0 and then 4-0 in the... reverse, where I think we went down to 10 men, Luke Young got sent off for a nightmare challenge. That was in 2018, but it's, it is a big it's a Welsh derby, and it's not a fixture we've seen for a long time, and there must be some level of excitement down in the Newport ranks.
0: Oh, the, the, the tickets sold out very quickly, and there were some grumbles about how, how the tickets were sold, because maybe they didn't expect them to go so quickly, given it's December 23rd. Um, but no, there is there is big excitement about this, because I think County will relish this sort of underdog underdog tag going up there against the the money bags, all that blah blah blah. Um and it sort of that suits Cochland's style, this sort of, you know, no one fancies us sort of we'll you know, we'll have a good crack at them Um that worked well against Stockport recently and they they then last season as well, I know it's a different side, but they, they did really go up well against the, the good sides of the division. They gave Leighton Orient trouble. Uh Stephen and Jan, Northampton. So yeah, I think think they'll relish it.
3: If we well, firstly, before I throw it a bit further forward, Coughlin, what what is he like? Because we, you know, Phil Parkinson's been brilliant for us, transformative in what he's done for us. But Cochran looks like he's really putting something together at Newport.
0: I think I think he gets the club, which is a, a big thing. He's, he sort of um, he came in and just got back to basics, sorted them out defensively. He's, he's just got him working hard, and a, he, the fans really have taken to him as well because he's he's really got scrapping and given given more to cheer at home as well, which was was important. Um, they they hadn't had great uh, form at Rodney Parade, which was strange because it is a tough place to go traditionally. Um, but he's yeah, he's got scrapping, and I think the, the fans have taken to him as well. in His style, he, he's no nonsense as well. So. No nonsense, love that phrase. Um, but then, when it comes to
3: January, I think I was reading in the Argus that you know he wants to strengthen. Is there an element with the financial situation? We're very spoiled up here now because we've we've got we've got cash to burn at Newport. Is it a case of maybe they'll need to cash in on on an Evans on a Palmer Holden, or do you think they can keep their man build? Um
0: Well, Palmer Holden is Bristol City, so he's a, he's a loanee himself. So um, oh, he's a yeah, um, but I think they. they... They should be hopeful of keeping him rather than um, him getting sent for another loan. But uh, I don't think... There's, it's League 2, so if someone comes in with an offer that you can't refuse, you, you've got to take it, especially even though they've got to take over coming. If you, if you get an offer for a player that's more than he's worth, it's, that's, that's the way you've got to operate. I don't think they need to sell. Um, and I think anything he does will be sort of... Uh, tinkering with the squad, maybe shipping a few out, getting a few in. He will have identified a few lones. He did that last January well to sort of freshen up the, the squad. And I think he'll, he'll go, with, go with similar, I think.
3: I mean, 17th in the table. I mean, stranger things have happened, but 10 points off a Notts County who were in sick. It's, it could a miraculous run be put together? Do you think with a couple of additions, or or are we, or am I just getting a little bit fanciful for you lot?
0: I mean, it could, and they in that. Sense, I don't think it will, but it's it's more it, it's possible because he has his points per game is very good since he he took over last October. Um, they've been hit hard by injury, and if if they had had, had a clearer run, perhaps they would be further up. And there are teams up there, aren't there? You look at morecambe Accrington, things—you know—they're county on their day are as as good as plenty of sides up there. But I just feel it's more it, it, it's more what other sides will be able to do in January. I think the side the the sides that are around that that playoff area there are some big clubs there that will will splash a bit of cash. So you got you got the the gang that are going for the top three, and then the gang that are going to be top half, and it is. It is just there are deeper pockets out there, and I, I'm maybe maybe it's just me. I, I I just want County to keep keep this nice buffer from below is my my first aim because even at the bottom there are clubs that are going to have money at their disposal. I mean, Colchester are back down there after spending ridiculous money last January, so it's uh...
3: yeah. You you'd imagine Colchester and Forest Green will do do whatever they can to. To avoid that drop, Tranmere have picked up slightly, so we shall see. But before we end, on quick chat about Wrexham, talk to us a bit about the ownership because ownership was, you know, is the one thing that everybody circles back to when it comes to Wrexham, and whenever I have to go on any show, it's always for obvious reasons because it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. But what's what's Newport's situation? Because I'm assuming a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with what's been going on there.
0: So they've been county they been um, owned by the Supporters Trust since 2015. But that that's going to change probably in the next month or so. Uh, so they've given the green light for Hugh Jenkins to take over because the trust model just hasn't been able to quite work. There are so many pluses to being trust owned, but it's, it's just hard in the EFL of a club at county size to to operate. They, they operate with uh, structural losses of around two hundred thousand pounds a a year, I and mean, it's just. They found it hard. Strangely, this this season they'll they'll get a nice boost from the FA Cup, but you can't rely on that. I mean, for, for years they were reliant on the money that had been made under the Michael Flynn cup runs and boosting the coffers there. But but they are a club. They don't own Rodney Parade. They don't own their training ground. They well they have no assets other than players, and it, even the academy hasn't quite produced the gems that uh, Exeter have, who are Trust-owned, so it, they felt that they needed to get a change model. Hugh Jenkins is going to come in, and the, the noises from him are encouraging, and that he still values the trust. So I, I think there's there's a bit of a safety net. I know there are some warning signs from what happened at Swansea, how it ended, but he is a he is a, he is a man that it sounds like he knows what he what he wants and what he, what he can deliver.
3: Yeah, and look, Wrexham were in that exact same predicament in that we really wanted to go up with the trust model, and I think it just got to a point whereby people realised it probably wasn't going to happen. Um, and yeah, then we then we get a lottery ticket and we win the lottery with you know two really unique owners, but totally can empathise with the situation of the trust model is what you would love to have, and yet it's got a, it's got a shelf life and a ceiling that most will accept eventually, which you're at now.
0: Well, and it's also, there's no, no trust um, on club is the same, is it? There's different variants of how things work and how, how sure. Exeter can make it work, how Wimbledon can make it work. Maybe being London-based, you can have a few more wealthy people who might be able to help out. I don't know. It's, it's just, with a club the size of county, it is, it is quite hard to, to make, it, make it work in the football league.
3: I'm sure this this Wrexham story absolutely bothers the life out of county fans. But just as as a reporter and uh, as someone who's you know following Welsh sport, what have you made of Wrexham and how things have drastically changed in the last two three years?
0: Well, it's, it can be annoying, but you just I've got to come to terms that Newport County and Wrexham operate in different spheres. at the minute, that's that's the way it is. Um some county fans do get annoyed with the the coverage probably the that BBC Wales give on Wrexham at their expense. And that was that was probably more last season, to be honest, when it was National League getting more, you know, attention than a, a football league club. But I uh, I think it, at the same time it's 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 nothing that's not, not been seen before, I guess, is it with Salford's money and all that sort of thing? But it it's obviously different when it's Wrexham, isn't it? Yeah.
3: And excited for the game at the weekend then finally prediction you're giving Newport much of a fighting chance?
0: I think that yeah, no, they've definitely got a fighting chance. And I think it's one of those where oh, I it's, it's mad. I mean, I'm looking at the Wrexham scores and they sort of there's some bonkers games you had. Um so I, I I genuinely don't know what to expect. I could see anything happening. Um County they on their day they can be they can be very good and sort of a fighting A fighting side, but they need to—they need to be on it defensively. That's for sure.
3: So there you go, Rich. Plucky underdog, as you said, and I think Chris is who's going up there. I think he's slightly fancying it. He, He kind of is fancying them raining on our parade a little bit. It's been a long time, and look, like I said. Doing that Ipswich Norwich East Anglia derby, Ipswich far the better team. They're, they're second in the league and they're like twenty one points ahead of Norwich. And yet by the end, when it finished two two, it was Norwich fans in their way and chanting that you know fourteen years because Ipswich haven't beaten them for fourteen years. And you know while it's been a, I mean, how, when was the last time we beat Newport? Probably in the the eighties, I think. Or I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. But you think well, we didn't beat them in either cup tie in twenty eighteen we lost the playoff final i don't know how we got on that season i'm trying to think but um you know it's been a long time basically and people love bragging rights so if they can upset the apple cart for us and somehow steal a result they will be lording it over us so i really hope that we just don't really rise to it too much and just show our class and, and get get the job done yeah
2: well, last time we beat uh, newport in the league was March 1988. Um, the head-to-head record I was just looking at then doesn't include the non-league years, and off the top of my head, I can't quite remember the outcomes of all our games in, in non-league. But yeah, it's it's a big ask for us to to deal with that atmosphere. And again, like you said, I was at the uh, United Liverpool board draw last weekend, but again, I saw what having what Man United were able to sort of inspire themselves to get a really hard-earned point because they did sort of play on that underdog mentality, that siege mentality, and they just went to Anfield and did what had to be done. And, you know, Newport will come to the race course. Every team wants to, you know, beat us we are the most hated team in league two and newport haters more than most so there's got to be that extra edge a bit of spice and again it does just come down to to how we handle the occasion
3: rich i've got you the head-to-head here thanks to the brilliant i absolutely love this website Rexham afc archive it is just incredible uh who, who runs that uh the guy who runs that is amazing so 2018-19 obviously nil nil and four nil in the cup um lost in the playoffs, but in that season, Rich, 2012-13, we drew 1-1 away and we won 2-0 in the home game. Goals from Adrian Chislovich and Danny Wright. This was, this was the Wrexham team last time we beat Newport. Justin Maabe, Neil Ashton, Martin Riley, Declan Walker, Chris Westwood, Johnny Hunt, uh, Johnny Hunt, uh, Jay Harris, Dean Keats, Adrian Chislovich, Rob Ogilby, and Brett Ormrod. So it's been a while, basically. It has been a while, yeah. It's been so a we while. Shall,
2: we shall see how it goes this weekend. Obviously, Naif, the, the difficulty as well is that, as we've mentioned, we have got that Swindon game not long after. Like we said, the usual turnover is a Saturday, Saturday afternoon and a Tuesday night, playing two games in quick succession. Phil Parkinson, I think he traditionally sort of gives his players Christmas Day off, doesn't he, to let them have some time at home? Interesting to see if he does it again this season or not. But it is just how you have that squad management because Swindon away, look, it over on paper, it's a very, very fanciful, festive period. We've got 19th at home and 15th away. But whenever. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the way forward. We've got 12th away and we've got 17th at home. Sorry. But. I always think, when I think of Christmas, of that Gary Mill season, where everything seemed to be going fine until the festive period, and then we absolutely capitulated, and our playoff hopes just diminished, and we never really recovered from that. We finished eighth that season, didn't we, Gary Mills' first campaign? And I just remember the Christmas period being awful. Just, I'm still haunted by it to this day. Did we lose... Was that when we like lost to Ebbsfleet? Did we lose to Welling as well? It was just... So much pain. I'm just wondering from your, your point of view, do you share that sort of scepticism looking at this Christmas period or do you think Rex Mark is a completely different beast now?
3: We've been going so long, Rich, on this podcast that I have to be. Um, you can be the nightmare before, during and after Christmas. I've got to try and be this this ray of sunshine, this ray of positivity. Um, Newport is, you know, Newport-Walsall are very winnable games. I think the Barrow game is the toughest game. Um, You know, they are a very, very good side. Pete Wild side on New Year's Day. Swindon away is a funny one. I mean, they got absolutely hammered by Aldershot in the FA Cup and, like, routinely embarrassed. I mean, what was that in the end? Something like 7-3 or 7-4 or something crazy? Um, But they've got the top scorer in the division and the second-top highest assist maker in the division. Dan Kemp. Eight eight assists, uh, ten goals. Jake Young, sixteen goals, four assists. It's a lot of output for two players that are on loan at, they're gonna lose, and I think they will want to finish with a flurry. So Swindon could be anything. That could be another three three, four, four, five, five. I don't know. That could be absolutely anything. But I would say over those what we're saying, over the next three games, I would say you've got to be looking at seven points as a base level. Anything below seven, I think, would be disappointing, I think.
2: It's a difficult one in the fact that we are going to get... um, You know, we look at the table. All other teams have got drop points this Christmas period. So, yeah, like you said, I think seven points would keep you right up there. I couldn't see you dropping out of the automatics in in that instance whatsoever. It is still so congested. There was also a good piece... um, that I read once again in The Athletic recently, where Sooty had basically he'd put a list of the team the, like the top nine teams that Wrexham had faced compared to who everyone else had faced. And here it is. I've, I've got the I've got it here. So it's results against the top six. Wrexham have played four of the top six away from home. Out of every other team in the top six, the next closest have played two games against the other top six. So Wrexham have already played, what, four of your four of your five toughest fixtures you can play in a season, technically right now, whereas most other teams have played two or even one. Wrexham have taken five points from those four games. Stockport have won one, lost one against the top six away from home. Barrow have played two of the top six away from home, not won a single game. Mansfield have played two of the top six away, got four points. Crew. Their only match against the top six away from home was that one old draw through the three all draw of us one point, and Notts County have played two of the top six away from home and only taken a point. Obviously, the top six has probably changed since that was published. Uh, I think it was last week, but you know, Wrexham have played the major much harder fixtures really than most of the promotion pack right now. So we talk about how much of a fortress the Kairos is. Wrexham still have the second best home form. any team in the division, only one point off Stockport who've played a game more than us. You know, we obviously want to try to pick up as many points as we can on the road, but I do just think that off home form is so formidable that we will be right in the mix on that alone. And it is just how many you pick up on the road. So I almost, to go really convoluted here, I think five points if you beat Newport and draw the two away games, I actually don't think would be a disaster Obviously, it's more beneficial to win two and lose one, but I don't think it would be a disaster. As long as we don't lose two of the games over Christmas, I do think that we will be okay. And I know that there's so much more to be played, but other teams have got to drop points. We're so good at home. We've already played so many tough away fixtures that I really, I'm, I'm not concerned right now. To, to, to flip it all on its head, it started negatively. I'm feeling really confident
3: rich because my voice is clinging on uh by a thread let's what what's your christmas wish then let's kind of wrap this up i've got a couple of comments as well off the spotify um off the last spotify episode but remember you can leave comments below each episode on spotify and they get published so if you want to see a comment appear uh, beneath an episode just go to the yeah i don't know the q a box whatever it is below the episode and you can get it in there but rich what's your christmas wish then what do we want it's already come true. Luke Armstrong's not joining, which is quite harsh. But uh, I'm I'm hoping
2: Wrexham spend big again in January and do get another big name. I'd like another top end, like League One caliber striker to come in. And we've said in the past, look, Luke Armstrong was a player who could have done a job for Wrexham, but I just don't think he had the sort of longevity to to be great for his in League Two, League One, and then even potentially do a job in the Championship if it ever came to that. So. I think that that could be a, a dodge bullet, particularly for the fee we'd agreed for him. I'd love to see his go. We've obviously got that money available. Do you know what I mean? What was it? A huge fee that we've was it? Yeah, we've got half a mil that was there in the summer, which we had agreed to spend and then didn't spend. Obviously, some of that will be taken up by Stephen Fletcher coming in as a free agent, and obviously it's difficult to to get the sort of squad balance right for there. But I would like to see us go out and buy another. So I want I, I want to go onto X and just see Wrexham, twi- Wrexham trending again and rival fans losing their heads because Wrexham have just pulled off another signing that is inconceivable for this level. God,
3: Johnson Clark Harris for seven hundred thousand. I smile. That would be very very sweet. My Christmas wish would be to see some very elaborate uh, signing video, but rather than be a new player, it would be a pen on paper, Rich of Arthur Conquo. Now, we've said to death why we don't think that'll be the case. But, you know, Christmas is a time for wishing on a star, mate. And I think that's, you know, he's back. I saw him, he was he twitched, Twitch streaming this week, Arthur. So he's been back in non-contact training. He said himself on that stream, there was only about four of us listening. So poor, poor lad was uh, busy playing Call of Duty. But he said he's slowly getting back up there. He's getting more comfortable with his jaw. I think he's wearing a protective headpiece when he's in training. So do I expect to see him this weekend? No. Do I expect to see him against Swindon? Potentially not. But look, there's no point rushing him back. It's a very sort of precarious situation when you damage, um, when you've got a head injury. But yes, Arthur Oconquo signing on the dotted line for Christmas would be the ideal present for me, I think.
2: We're not asking for much, are we? Let us know no. what your Christmas wishes are as well. We'll post a graphic on Rob Ryan Red on X, probably, maybe even on Instagram as well. So please do make sure you're following us on all those platforms.
3: Rich, I'm gonna Anything I'm gonna quickly else? give you then before you wrap it up. We did get a couple of replies to the last episode then on Spotify. Keith put um, Rich's comments about George's calmness have aged well. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, poor, poor, poor posters put. What are the odds that Rob Laneton could now transition into being the goalkeeping coach? I think we mentioned that last week, Rich, that it depends what he wants, but... It also depends on Mark Howard, though. I think I think there's a role there for one of them, but not for both of them. No, no way. Look, whether Mark Howard wants to go down the yeah. media I route... think
2: from Leno's point of view, he would probably just love to be able to play football again, if that can materialise. I think he'd have to drop down, maybe back to non-league, to get it regular after his injuries... But I think for Leno, just for him to... Because he will have had such a struggle and will have thought, look, maybe I'll never go play again. So if he could actually just play regular football, I think that would maybe be his preference, just because it seemed like something that had, had gone. So, you know, all the best to him. We shall see what happens. But, yeah, I think in terms of goalkeeper role, there's certainly a position for one of them.
3: Don's put, loved it, great. Pod and Mitch has put... um really interested by all the postponement stories going to go and look up the towel fiasco which obviously older shot um and thanks for everyone who did go and watch that um video over on the youtube channel i'm not sure there'll be anything this week for youtube just because um we don't need to be. I, I look a little bit ill, and only Rich gets to look at me this week. So, we don't need me looking. Uh, what a treat it is, by tasty. the way, listeners. Uh, exactly. I wish exactly. Nathan would
2: have worn some clothes for it. But <laughs> right, right.
3: Shut up. Um, so, there we go. So, you can get your comments in on Spotify or on email or on any of the, the social media platforms we've got. So, yeah, I just want to say from me, Merry, Merry Christmas. And thank you for all the support uh, this year. It's been a lot of fun. Rexham are making it a lot of fun. We win a lot more games than we used to. Uh, Rich, Merry Christmas to you. I'm sure I'll speak to you before the new year. We'll do a podcast next week. Should we say what we're planning next week or maybe keep it a bit of a surprise, what we're planning for? We'll
2: keep it a bit of surprise. Keep because... it a bit of a
3: surprise. And it could fall
2: flat. It? Don't promise anything. That's the Rob Brown Red motto. Don't promise a thing. Thank you very much, though, for joining us. Have a great Christmas. Get in contact with us. We'll read out some of your best submissions in the weeks ahead. Massive shout out once again to Red 10 People Development for sponsoring the podcast. A massive thank you as well to Hypnotic, the and Bass band for letting us use their music. Thank you once again to everyone who donated to Aaron's Army. I saw they made... You know they made quite a good collection at the weekend as well. So thank you very much for anyone who did that on the back of listening to the podcast. Again, if there's anything else, any good causes you'd like to, us to help promote, then please do get in touch. We'd we'll be happy to help out where that is possible. Thank you very much. Have a brilliant Christmas. And we'll see you again next time.